Shut up, I love it. I tell you what, brother, when the rain of hell comes down and you feel the winds of heat slap your cheeks like a bunny rabbit's ears, I, you'll know my name as the one who said, shut up, I love it. Welcome to Shut Up, I Love It, right, Sasha? Yeah, I mean, this is the most impressive intro I have ever heard on Shut Up, I Love It. And I'm very happy I'm not the one doing this <laughs> intro because I would be much more basic about it. I, that, I'm trying to top myself now. For a while, I was just doing it, didn't really uh, put a lot of effort into it. Now I'm practicing two to four hours a day. I have a coach <laughs> who I'm paying a lot of money. In what is this episode? I mean, what is this? First of all, what is where are we? What is happening? What is this? This show, what vortex did these people step into? They stepped into the Shut Up, I Love It vortex. This is a show where we bring on a special guest to talk about something they love that is either, you know, misunderstood, nobody's heard about it, hated, just something that they love, that they have found strife in loving in their life. And today we have a very special guest. He's a writer, performer, and camera operator who most recently worked on Marvel's MODOK. Welcome, Shane Geller. Hello, everybody. Uh, Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. We loved you to be here. We love it. We love it already. Shane, what are you here to defend slash talk about? I'm here to uh, defend slash talk about the wonderful world of professional wrestling. Wow. Stepping on the very, very interesting territory. Shut up. I love it. I can see it. Yeah. This is a shining beacon of an episode Mm -hmm. topic, but I want to know... Why would you bring professional wrestling mm-hmm. onto this show? Uh, I think uh, professional wrestling is one of the more commonly misunderstood and misrepresented forms of, of storytelling and media in media itself. So double category. Yeah, yeah. truly. Well, uh, I needed to think of my good friend, shout out, hopefully friend of the show, Dan Black, who has his own podcast about wrestling and comedians in wrestling, I think it's called. Um, or wrestling and comedians? No, it's comedians in wrestling. But um, yeah, and then our friend Chad, of course, who keeps coming back to this episode once in a while, he used to work on that world as well. I don't know exactly what he did um, and was a long time ago. But of course, there's like some, to bring the word beacon again, there's some beacons in the comedy community in Los Angeles who are very into professional wrestling. And I always thought the professional wrestling is very popular. So I'm very interested to hear, Shane, like, what, what is it about it? This $1 billion industry, apparently. Like, what is it so underrated about it? Which can we just, uh, can I just say, whenever anything's like a $1 billion industry or something <laughs> like that, I have no idea what that even means. Like, I think at that amount of money, what is it? I have some contacts for that. Uh, not contacts. I have context for that. <laughs> I was, I was like, wait, he said context. Okay, that makes sense. Wait, context? Like contact lenses? Am I gonna be rich? Yeah. yeah. I have some guys who have a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I would like to uh, not to get, you know, not to get nitpicky, but you said a single billion. Uh, mm. Very recently, there was a huge deal within the past year between uh, WWE and. NBC, uh, where they sold their entire uh, streaming platform, uh, uh, the WWE Network, to be a Peacock exclusive. Mm. So they were, NBC's streaming platform is going to be, actually is currently the exclusive streaming platform of WWE pay-per-views and programming. Which might be the only thing that really saves them. That in the office. (laughs) You mean Peacock? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Because I don't, I could, that's getting a bunch of people who were not going to subscribe to Peacock, I would imagine. My partner, uh, she likes uh, Below Deck, which is a reality TV show about uh, a yacht crew. I yeah. worked on Below, Below Deck back in the day. You did? Briefly was an editor on it for like oh. four weeks. Like I came in just to help someone out. But I did work as an editor. Like I remember the creators. It's a couple. It's a lady and uh, her husband. They created that show. 
Wow. That's shout the, out. Yeah. Shout out to the Huge Yachties. shout out to the Yachties. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Can you tell us more, Shane, like to the, our audience? Maybe they're like me, but they, maybe they're just like wrestling, professional wrestling to them. It's just the word. It's just this background noise they can hear, like keep hearing in their life. But they don't really understand like what is it so unpopular about it? Because there's so many people who follow it. So that's the thing is I don't think it's unpopular by any means. Like like we said, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. I think it's misunderstood by people who are not wrestling fans. I think once you're a wrestling fan and you kind of open your eyes or, or you open your your mind to it. Your heart even? Your heart, your ears. Your orifices? You can oh. open your orifices to wrestling all you want. There are wrestlers who have done it. But uh, I, yeah, I think it's... It's uh, people view it as as kind of in the same way that you would view like a TLC show about a person who weighs too much. Like it's just trash television Mm -hmm. Um, and And even like dorky, like too. that's like the thing. that. Yeah, exactly. So often I hear from people who are, uh, you know, diehard anime fans uh, calling wrestling fans weirdos and like. (laughs) <laughs> you know it's fake, right? You know, like that that is I think the most common misunderstanding in uh the world of professional wrestling fandom is that everybody knows it's fake. This isn't news to us. I believe mm. is 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 like the late nineties was when that became like universally known. Well, mm-hmm. according to my research, and I, hey, I read an ar- Wikipedia article about professional wrestling two hours ago. Um, apparently, like, people in the early 20th century thought that this is still, like, authentic. And then that idea slowly started to disintegrate throughout yes. the 20th century. Uh, well, it's kind of like watching a Jackie Chan movie mm-hmm. and enjoying it. Then someone says, you know, that's fake, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, he did the, the fake controlled stunt. For entertainment, but it was that's why it was awesome because it was a stunt and uh, and they did it. Yeah, exactly. I think I think it's uh, in a way, it's a lot like a kung fu movie. I think that's a really good, um, that's a really good comparison. Is because often people are like, oh well, it's scripted. Um, and and Sasha, I want to get back to the history of of professional wrestling and the the understanding that it's that it's scripted uh in a minute but for that comparison it's yeah it it's it's like watching a because it's not choreographed fully you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of communication in the match between the two performers um there these performers are some of the most incredible athletes you can you know you can watch because it's just the the pure strength the agility the the ability to do what these people are doing is not something that just a normal person, an untrained person can do, you know? The endurance is insane. Exactly. I mean, there's what is often referred to as like an Iron Man match is like a 60-minute match. You know, there's there's some great classic ones between like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. You know, when you, when you watch the best in the game go 60 minutes, it's like a... a the most common thing I compare it to is ballet. It's telling a story through physicality, mm-hmm. you know, and former and, episode of shut up. I love it. Y'all should check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. N- nice tie in. Um, a callback. Yeah. I'm going to try and slip in as many <laughs> other episodes <laughs> into this. We're already promoted Chad Damiani episode, Chad yeah. Damiani episodes and the ballet ones. Let's see how many we can fit into this. Exactly. Yeah, it's so it it is not violence, but it is athleticism, I think. Mm-hmm. Which and there's been some shifts, plenty of shift of where uh, grotesque violence has been used. Oh, uh, 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 there's little, little yeah, there's much. there's a current uh, community of what's known as deathmatch wrestling, uh, which is very violent and very real. Yeah, you going the thumbtacks, barbed wire. Mm. These are things you can't fake. Uh, and before we get too in the weeds, Sasha, with professional wrestling, is it something you've ever watched? 
I was forced forced to watch it. <laughs> she's crying, everybody. <laughs> she started um, to tremble. When I was and a very um, young, dumb, and full of calm in my very early 20s in New York. Unnecessary, but... <laughs> <laughs> this is just something we can. Come on, it's a catchphrase. Shut yeah, up, no, okay, it fair. is your catchphrase. Fair. <laughs> Come on. Uh, no, but like I had a boyfriend who was very into this, um, and like he loved watching it in New York. But it, he was a piece of shit. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shout out. All right. Yeah. So, shout out that guy. So like, you know, connecting that piece of shit boyfriend with that experience of watching wrestling, which I was like, yo, this is real? This can't be real. And he's like, no, it's not real, but, and you know, he was just like drinking beer, getting mad, watching, or happy, uh, it doesn't matter. It, it was either way, it was bad news. Watching professional wrestling. So, fuck that guy, and that's how I <laughs> But years later, it's like my friend Dan Black has an um, a podcast, like um, very, uh, accomplished podcast I'll put it, put it this way comedians in wrestling and then Chad Damiani with his experience that I think eventually led him to clowning in some way so these are my connects that I have to professional wrestling really um, what about you Joe I was actually a huge fan uh, huge, when I was younger huge fan I remember ha breaking a Bret Hart figure in my hands because he like did something shitty on a WCW Nitro episode. Yeah. And I got so mad I broke his fi figure. So I was like so into it. Getting all the pay-per-views or um, watching them staticky. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. was I watched uh, Owen Hart die through static. Through the B channels. Yeah. And uh, you, sometimes it was full static. Other times you could actually see outlines. So it was mm -hmm. like watching a weird horror mm -hmm. movie. That was the best. Um, but I was a huge fan and then kind of uh, just fell off. I think as more shows came out, you know, SmackDown era, yeah, and it got a little too hard to keep up with, along with doing other things and other interests like anime. Mm -hmm. Of course, <laughs> I think anime <laughs> took its place, to be honest. Um, and then I did. I was kind of the this is really dorky and lame for a while, despite having wow. loved it. Rebelled against your younger self. Yeah, while also defending it because I if you think it's dorky or lame like whatever but if you're of the don't you realize it's fake ilk then your opinion is you you're just not even in the same world as far as how your brain works like yeah we're already past that dude yeah it's like, absolutely it's done so i've always been a defender of it and now i'm a little more into it and i got really into their uh, the wwe reality shows I, ah the I Miz and Mrs. Those. I love that one. Uh, the Total Divas, mm -hmm. the Bellas. So there's a lot of it I still enjoy. And I did recently watch a couple old WrestleManias. Mm. Um, so, and I had a, a blast watching those. So I do have a love for it. But I do understand why it's one of those popular things. But if you don't like it, you really hate it is kind exactly. of the thing. It's interesting when you, I have to insert this. I actually just took a nap, which happens to me before recording episodes. And like my brain is just like in a different, like in a different like um, pl plateau. Like it's it's doing its own thing right now. Like yeah, I have you no were control. about to ask. Yeah, I have no control. If, if we know that it's fake. So I'll tell you like what's happening in my brain as I'm listening to this. Like you're saying, so if people are even talking about the fact that um, wrestling isn't real, then they're not even like in the, in the same like their brain, like they're not even like they're so amateur about talking about it that like they have no business giving their opinion. Almost, it's the yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. equivalent of of like like Joe said of like us really enjoying uh, a Bruce Lee film and then some guy leaning over to us in the middle of the film and going, "Hey, I don't know why you guys are like enjoying this. This is this is clearly choreographed." Or my brain was saying. <laughs> It's like you teach the dog tricks and they'll be like, you can, you know, have dog open cabinets, you know, like my dog can like open garbage bag. He can like roll the barrel and be like, look, he can never like take the garbage out. I'd be like, no, I know he can't take the garbage out. Yeah. But he can like do things. He can put things in the garbage. He can open the garbage can or whatever. Or being or like, dismissive of the dog's tricks because you taught the dog those tricks. Like it didn't know them naturally. Mm-hmm. That's like, true. It's, that's in you know the nature you taught him, of right. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's in the nature of the fact that you taught him a trick. I mean, you know, 
it's like one can't exist with one can't exist without the other you know? Yeah, if right. it was if it was real, it wouldn't be that. That's what UFC is. That's what uh, that's what amateur wrestling, wrestling is. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna connect so, this whole thing because I have so little in my head about professional wrestling. I'm gonna connect this entire episode for myself to dog tricks. So you just wait. Good. It will keep coming up. But back to the <laughs> A story of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the B story is dog tricks. A story, wrestling. Um, but okay, so that's where we stand on the wrestling. Okay. I kind of want to know how you got into it and then, uh, you know, tell us if you want to tell us some of the history of it or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have kind of an interesting history with wrestling in that I, I got into wrestling in kind of, I think in the grand scheme of like when wrestling appeals to people, it's when they're really young and like, they dumb. like bright colors yeah young <laughs> and dumb but too brim. young to be the third of those right. statements you know um prepubescent but not according to jared fogel oh sub rough <laughs> <laughs> eat this fresh is, it's still too soon <laughs> it didn't feel great saying it but it's out there that's okay a lot I'll of things you. are out there they're just out there <laughs> yeah a lot of things were out there with him too um wow. But yeah, so usually uh, I'd say kids get into wrestling when they're, you know, nine, ten years old. It just they see it on TV and it's so big. It's so exaggerated. So many colors, loud noises, big motion. You know, it's just it's so uh, like sensational. You know, it, it's like it, it's stimulating your senses in so many ways and I didn't get into it until probably seventh grade, maybe sixth grade, uh, when I was like, you know, 12 or, or 13, because of a friend of mine back then was really into it. And I would go over to his house and he'd show me he, he had, a, a, I think it was DVDs at the time, but he had, he had DVDs of old pay-per-views and then he had all the video games and his whole family was very into wrestling. And, you know, it was like there was something exciting about every week I get to advance the story of these characters, you know. Were his which family is, like a family to you? Did they adopt you in some ways? Did you take have dinner with them? Because I had like multiple families that were acting like my families in my childhood. Like because I would be like, no, I'm going to stay with this family and have dinner with them. I like them more. Um, better food. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will uh I will give credit where credit is due. My my mother was a great cook, so mm-hmm. I had great food there. But uh no, they weren't I wouldn't say they were a second family, but this was like my best friend, you know, where yeah. it was like if I wanted to hang out with somebody it would probably be him. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I I grew up on a uh like a block with a lot of kids my age and I was kind of the the uh the alpha the alpha Whoa. child. Nice. You were the rock. You were the Hogan. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. And uh, so when I got into something, I would push for everybody else to get into it as well. So there was kind of this push. wrestling craze that swept over my entire block and we'd get together and watch uh, the pay-per-views together, each put in $10 and hand it Or to you my would dad. beat the shit out of those kids. Well, that's <laughs> the thing do. is that's <laughs> that was the next evolution is like, I have been a large person my whole mm-hmm. life. I was very tall. I, I have no very, idea how tall you are. So I, I'm six foot two. Mm-hmm. Which so not is not Andre like, the Giant, but not even close. Yeah, I'd say I'm an average sized athlete, mm. um, but a larger not than a normal swimmer, person for swimmers, mm-hmm. little, or, or not a and jockey. Not a. You've been that Dev- size yeah. since seventh grade. So yeah, I was six foot two, three hundred and fifty pounds in seventh grade. Just um, body slamming, yeah, choke that, slamming them left and right. Anybody who came in my way, just destroying them. So and you Sasha, were destroying them with slam? love? Or I would like to hear what that is. But were you destroying them with love or because you wanted to destroy them? With love for the sport. Okay, so not with love. <laughs> <laughs> what is the choke love. slam? Give me some give me some wrestling terms. Oh uh, well a choke slam is a little bit like uh fetch. There you go. So Very that'll basic. help you since that's a... Very basic, yet my dog is not great at fish. <laughs> He's better at more advanced stuff. Going it's back. probably not like that, but I think that's the only trick I know by name. So I, Like fetch? 
Mm-hmm. It's like um, it's like if a a mom dog picked up a baby dog by the back of the neck, mm-hmm. um, except it it's the front of the neck, and then the baby dog uh, the mom dog <laughs> threw the baby dog into the ground. Like that's what a choke slam is. And that's what you did to your fellow uh, neighbors. Yes. Neighbor kids. Yes. I was not six foot two, three hundred pounds, but I was larger than them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we all got very into wrestling. And then because of that, as I was, I graduated middle school and then was going off to high school and I wanted to play a sport and I'd played every sport I could try. And, uh, I didn't like football, but that was kind of what I was built for. And then I found wrestling in high school. So I wrestled for two wow. years, uh, which I was very shocked to find out that it is not the same thing. <laughs> Meaning there's less of the theater element in it. There's Everything zero about theater it. element. <laughs> the well, moves, you cannot do a choke slam. Nope. Nope. It's all like... Grappling? Just grappling? Yeah, it's grappling. Straight grabs. Uh, and I enjoyed it, but the community was very strict. They like, no nonsense. You know, I mean, it's like a everybody was treated like an Olympic athlete there where it's like, you have to train nonstop. You know, we weren't allowed water at practice. If we had to cut weight, we'd run in trash bags and go sit in a sauna covered in like makeup remover. So it'd make us sweat more and, you know, like crazy, crazy stuff. Um, High stakes. Yeah. High stakes. But I was a freshman. Like it wasn't, there were no stakes, but they made me feel like it was the most important thing in the world. And and I enjoyed it, but I don't think I had the killer instinct that was necessary um, to be good at it. You know, I was decent because I was athletic, but I wasn't, I wasn't aggressive enough, you know? And so at around that time, amateur wrestlers, like my high school wrestling team, would, most of them came from a background of loving professional wrestling, but would shun or shame or Shane. Or Shane. They would shame me. <laughs> they would sh- shame the idea of professional wrestling because they felt it devalued amateur wrestling. Wow, very, like, purest of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I can sort of see that. I can see it. They both it really suffer from poor naming. Yeah. Amateur wrestling is a <laughs> terrible name. It's, the, it's in the Olympics... Yes. It's a terrible name. And it's actually not wrestling. in the Olympics anymore. It was taken because out. Oh, yeah, like, like oh. five years ago or yeah, yeah. something like that. Something also, is there an Olympics? Well, nobody knows. Um, Fuck the Olympics. <laughs> shut up. I hate the Olympics. Uh, shut yeah. up. Is there an Olympics? Um, so, because amateur means it's amateur, right? <laughs> amateur means most, not good traditionally. Right. And like no rules kind of completely. Yeah, it's just, you, or you don't know amateur. the rules. You don't know, you know the rules. You just, you just, you just do your best with no education. Yeah, exactly. And, you and there's a step above it, is what it also means. Yes, yeah, exactly. If you're amateur, there's going to be another thing. But it's not. Even no. though many amateur wrestlers have become big stars Huge in professional stars. wrestling, the, so most of the biggest stars come from amateur wrestling and have a background as like you know, state champions or stuff like that in amateur wrestling. So there is a huge parallel of you enjoy, sp- you know, extremely s- physical sport and that's the transition. But then it's like I, the best way to describe a professional wrestler is an amateur wrestler who secretly wanted to do theater. Mm-hmm. Because you it's know. so important. You have to be a good performer and that doesn't just mean or clown. Like taking Chad the Demiani. fall. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, uh, D'Lo Brown, no one mm-hmm. can take a clothesline like him. That's there's there's Shawn Michaels is the greatest. Uh, you know they call it selling. If you get hit, and you you want to make the audience, uh, you know, feel that you just got hit, it's called selling or taking a bump. Andre the Giant was in the movies. He was, was in the actor. movies. He loved that. Although he didn't even, he never really needed to take a bump. He didn't. He didn't for most of his career until WrestleMania three. He was like, I publicly never, you know, never. He was never taking bumps. 
Yeah, just the big slam. Exactly. Which that that's the thing is like, you know, this is kind of a you know all over the place uh, in the way that I'm uh, explaining it, but mansplaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need you to know that you're mansplaining right now, Shane. <sighs> no, so you know, you're on thin ice. You know, I, I, tell it to my, I tell it to my husband all the time, <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I'm a man, and I'm just explaining something to you. Like, how do you make it anything but that?" Also, like, you guys asked me to explain it to you. I feel kind of set up. This is a trap. Yeah. No, uh, no, no. I, I actually don't mean mansplaining necessarily negative way. She just woke up from a nap. You have five more minutes where that's an excuse, Sasha. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll take it back. It was just regular, good old regular. Good old X. regular explaining. X. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so basically... Um, that's that's my history mm-hmm. and then in college you know i'd kind of kept up with the i'd see you know posts on the internet i'd see stuff and i never like they tried to beat it out of me but they never could because it was like i always had an appreciation and love for the theatrics of it you know mm. and i'm curious actually just going to insert real quick so um i mean obviously wrestling appeals to especially somebody who participates in wrestling like yourself, um, to somebody who loves the athleticism of it, but also the theatrical element. And I love percentages. Like it's, Joe knows I live by percentages, hence the mm-hmm. rating system on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so what percentage, if you were to give a percentage to, like of your love to theatricality of um, wrestling, another one to the athleticism of it, where would it go? Or has it changed over the years? Has it changed? I don't think it's... I don't think it's changed. Um, I'd say 75% theatrics, 25% wow. athletics. Because... So not, yeah. So not a big fan of amateur westling then. <laughs> like, to watch. Well, that's a... But that's a different thing. It's a, it's it's a different, so different... Like, yeah. It's like changing the channel. You know? It's mm-hmm. a completely different thing. Is like... I can watch amateur wrestling... And appreciate it the same way I can watch like Strongman and appreciate, wow, that guy just lifted so much weight. And then I watch amateur wrestling. It's like, wow, that guy's so fast on his feet. And if I watch professional wrestling, I'm like, wow, that guy's loud and he has a funny voice, cool costume. Mm-hmm. And he just did three backflips <laughs> in a row. Like it's it's kind of all encompassing. It's It's such a tough thing to split up, you know. Because there's so many aspects of professional wrestling that work together perfectly to create this incredible form of entertainment. Yeah, there's the acting within the match and within the physicality, but mm-hmm. then there's the the monologues, there's the backstage bits, uh, and they the storylines get really crazy. I remember um, one Val Venus <laughs> had sex with like a. <laughs> triad gang member's daughter or something and they're Mm -hmm. about to cut off his penis backstage (laughs) with a samurai sword and the lights go off and he's saved and they reveal that it was john wayne babbitt or bobbitt (laughs) bobbitt he was the bobbitt uh the man whose wife famously cut off his penis Mm -hmm. yeah i mean so you watched in what's known as the attitude era of wrestling (laughs) which is like to many, it's considered the golden era, which is another era in and of itself, which is like the Hulk Hogan era is the golden era. Then it's the attitude era, which is like the rock. You know, all the biggest, when you think of wrestling in the like public eye, it's mm-hmm. the attitude era. It's like the the bloody faces, the screaming, the chugging beers, the ladies who are near naked, all that crazy stuff happened in the attitude era, which was like, the late ni- the mid to late 90s um and very early 2000s um yeah val venus was a character whose gimmick was that he was an ex-porn star and still practicing in some senses <laughs> i just want to uh, mensplain quickly to both of you womansplain that um that penis episode was based on the classic japanese movie called ai no Koreda in the realm of senses from 1976 about a woman cutting off a man's penis. Wow. It was also based on the real life occurrences of Laura Bobbitt. 
right? That's her name. Or Lorraine. Lorraine. Shout out. Um, but so it just the things that they were doing, will do, do do. Yeah. Poo poo. You just wanted kata. to say do do. <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty amazing. So there's those two things, um, and separating those, if you could only have one, the wrestling matches or the monologues, the skits, promos, and promos. What would you choose? I think the things that I get the most long-term joy from is the performance aspect. You know, is like my favorite wrestler of all time. Yeah, is the emotional. Um, whether it's a, it's me feeling an emotion watching or them showing an emotion. Um, my favorite wrestler of all time is Macho Man Randy Savage because not not for his in ring work those in ring work was really good. Uh, it's for his promo for his his you know persona his just larger than life per, uh, personality his character he he has the craziest if you look up Macho Man Randy Savage promos nice look it's worth it yeah it's worth uh, it to look my favorite and it's I think uh, everybody's favorite is uh. The cream of the crop promo, which is uh, he's doing sleight of hand magic as he's delivering a promo about how he's <laughs> going to beat the president of the company uh, up and take the belt back from. Uh, oh, man, I don't remember who he was facing at the time, but, but y'all can find out by watching the video. Yeah, exactly. The promo. Yeah, that's amazing. There, I remember uh, one where the him and Hulk Hogan or maybe it's Hulk Hogan talking about crashing a plane mm-hmm. into him just like when the plane comes down brother yeah and I crash into you you're like dude you guys are really threatening to crash planes into each other yeah I mean it it gets wild because not only were these a bunch of people with huge personalities huge egos they were also most of them were uh in the early 80s uh, early to late 80s kind of era, they were all on loads and loads and loads of drugs. And it becomes obvious when you watch somebody like the Ultimate Warrior deliver, deliver a promo is not a single word strings together. You know, it's just, a bu- you know, he talks about aliens and spaceships and how he's a being that exists beyond the ethereal plane. And, you know, and it has nothing to do with what you're about to watch next when he goes in the ring. You know, that's not yeah. his story. That's just him being loud and vibrant for the audience, you know? It's like a Mad Libs, but <laughs> take the original amount of blank spaces and double them mm-hmm. and give no instruction. Exactly. To the There's person no, on what like, word to use. Yeah, no adjective, no body part. It's just a blank space. Mm-hmm. Or it's... Tell me if I'm wrong. If you have a dog and you just have an object and you just wait for the dog to offer the behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's and then you capture it, naming it and thus making it um an offered behavior available for yourself. Yeah. Damn connections. <laughs> Level three. <laughs> Shane, as far as the eras of wrestling, we have the golden age which you described as like that Hulk Hogan, that beginning 70s, 80s, early 80s, would you maybe say? Yeah. And then you have the Attitude Era, which is kind of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then these other eras, I don't know what we would call them. The PG that. Era is the one. The PG Era is the uh, the like encompassing era following the Attitude Era because I think what happened was that Raw switched channels. They were bought by another network. I think they were on TNT. I can't, I, I, I don't recall, or that might have been Monday Nitro. Um, but Raw switched channels and was now on a more uh, clean network, which I think it's, it was USA, which it's, it's still on. Um, and they had to cut all the, you know, sex, drugs, violence. Or, or not violence, but swear words. You know, everything that that was making the Attitude Era, the Attitude Era, they cut back. So there's a... there's a Cutting it back of, like that penis. 
No cutoff penises. Yeah, no right. cutoff yeah. penises post post uh, attitude era. Um, so, yeah, exactly. You got to sew it back on, or else we can't show you on TV. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there's. I think the the best example of what happened was there was a there was a, a one of the most famous tag teams is D Generation X, which is Shawn Michaels and Triple H, and then grew into kind of a, a stable which uh, you know encompassed a bunch of different wrestlers they were known for like just fucking with the authority figures you know they were rowdy their their catchphrase was suck it and they'd cross chop their crotches yeah, and so uh, you have to have seen someone do that sasha yeah. right where they suck chop it. at their crotch and say suck it i mean it's i see it in eagle rock every other Saturday. Those are wrestling fans. Yeah, yeah, those are those are <laughs> wrestling fans. Could even be wrestlers. <laughs> it might be the actual Degeneration X. Yeah. This Get is where autograph. they are now, in Eagle Rock, California. Yeah. Eagle Rock, California, Florida. Um, but <laughs> they... Uh, yeah, so like that was their thing. Is there they'd get the entire arena to yell like and if you don't like that, you can and then they'd point the microphone to the audience and the entire arena like Madison mm-hmm. Square Garden would yell suck it. Those Did guys, it have a manly voice that arena or it had a mix of different genders? <laughs> I think it's well <laughs> I think at this point it was I'd say I would guess 90% male. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, think things have shifted. There was a huge issue, a pretty widely agreed upon issue of like misogyny and uh, every f- female wrestler performer existed only to be eye candy or uh, or a valet. Like they would exist as the manager. There were there were amazingly talented female wrestlers at the time, but they were, you know. They were put In to the, the man's side. World. Yeah, unfortunately, they were put to the side for types of matches called bra and panties matches, which is just, uh-huh. it's a match, but they're in bra and panties. Like, that's the stipulation, <laughs> you know, and that's... They were never good matches. No, they're horrible um, because they're, that's not the, you're not watching women's wrestling. You weren't watching women's wrestling uh to watch women wrestle you're watching women's wrestling to watch women and that thankfully has changed significantly to where the tops some of the top stars in the industry all over the world right now some of the best performers some of the best athletes are are the female wrestlers yeah blown up enough to have their reality show yeah and in and in some arguments i would say they've blown the reality show helped blow them up yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that they were. It's interesting. So the, this is the Bella Twins. They were kind of. Uh, they became like the turning point in one of the turning points in female wrestling, where or women's wrestling when you started to notice, hey, this is more. People were starting to talk. Hey, this is more than just eye candy. This is like. They're true athletes, and and I don't want to diminish the true athletes that were there in the Attitude Era and like early uh, wrestling, like Gail Kim and uh, Trish Stratus, and you know, they were still fantastic athletes. They just couldn't get through the glass ceiling that was triple pain and set yeah, up. Yeah, they weren't them. given the opportunity exactly. to even be athletes. And so what happened was there's uh, within the past four years there was something called the women's evolution which is they went from being called divas which was what the division uh, of women's wrestling in WWE was called it was called the divas division uh, to just being women uh, which was a nice which was a nice change I'm sure for them divas uh, divas, divas is just an awful term yeah though. it doesn't have the greatest connotations Mm-mm. attached to it and that's that was kind of the I th- believe we're in a new era now, right? Yeah. And, so I uh, skipped over an era which is called the ruthless aggression era, which happened, <laughs> which was like, <laughs> you know, which was like uh, 2004 to uh, let's say 2010. I could be wrong on that last number, but I know it started in 2004. It actually started when John Cena debuted. 
Uh, come white up rapper. in the Wikipedia article. This was before White Rapper. This was before <laughs> okay. um, that he was the doctor of thugonomics. <laughs> which was his real title. Yeah, I can't I can't even believe it seems like a distant memory now. Yeah. Formative yeah. though. Formative. Mm-hmm. Extremely. Extremely. It's what made him the wrestler he is, because like that's when people started giving him attention. He was just a a buff guy in boy shorts. Um, who was like a decent wrestler and was good at being angry. And then he dressed up as uh, uh, Vanilla Ice at a Halloween party, a WWE Halloween party. And was they were like, you know, spit some bars, like, you know, rap. And then he rapped and everybody was like, wow, you're really good. That, And I forget who it is, but somebody leaned into him and was like, that's your gimmick. That's what you got to do. You got to be a white rapper. Oh, my gosh. You know, we all have to find that white rapper in each of us. What is yeah. our gimmick? <laughs> that's that the moral sound of right. the story. So, Shane, when wrestling's on, are you glued to the TV? What's your deal? Like, how obsessed are you with this thing? So it goes, it goes in and out. So um, wrestling is only as good as its worst storyline. Um, wise words from a wise man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, because so there are two, there are two WWE programs a week main, uh, you know, main roster WWE programs to give you guys kind of an idea of what the wrestling world is. As far as programming goes, it's you have Monday night raw. Then you have Friday night Smackdown. Mm -hmm. What that is, is those are two different rosters um, because they have so many wrestlers. They split these brands into two separate shows, basically doing the same thing, telling completely different stories. So is it on right now? The Friday Smackdown? It, it Are we, wow. We're missing it. We're missing right it. Now. This is bad. Yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to pull you guys away from it. So if you guys want to end this, we could just go and watch. <laughs> I um, gotta load up my hold peacock. On, yeah, hold on, we'll be back. And we're back. All right. Wow, wow that episode. was a crazy episode. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. You right? guys knew that wasn't real, though, right? Mm. Oh, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So okay, Raw is three hours long. On Monday night. I remember night. that. That's yep. three hours long. It was that Smackdown, and Monday Night Football that I had to deal with from that yes, guy. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tough. Smackdown is two hours long. Um, then they have a show called NXT, which is w- originally started as the developmental program. Uh, so it would be like you start in NXT and then you get brought up to main roster, Smackdown or Raw. And then it kind of evolved and people realized, well the best wrestling is happening on NXT because it's people who are giving it all they've got. The writing is a little there. It's a little bit more hands off um, and kind of letting these characters exist to find their, their voice and their, their character. Um, And then it, it just, you know, it became, there was a lot more creative writing on NXT. People were taking more chances and those chances were paying off. So people started loving NXT, and so now it's kind of become this third brand. Um, so that's that was Wednesdays, and now that's Tuesdays. Then another wrestling company started up two years ago now called AEW, uh, which is run by Tony Khan, who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, and Cody Rhodes, who is Dusty Rhodes, uh, son and an ex WWE wrestler, they started this company AEW to bring in indie wrestlers, so wrestlers that are not signed with a big company, and give them time to shine. The weird, the weirdos that you love to see at like a bar wrestling show, you know? Yeah, which a, I've been to a few, and now I've seen them on TV. Yeah, it's like oh, cool. It's great. It's it's giving them not only a chance to show off, but it's giving them a great paycheck. It's giving them popularity. It's giving them a million opportunities. And AEW kind of became this like huge revolution because nobody thought they could beat WWE. Like WWE is the biggest company in the world and is notorious for 
buying smaller companies and that. absorbing them. I mean, so really quick, just uh, to give some really quick historical context of wrestling, like Sasha, you said that in the early 20th century, that's when people realized it was fake. Um, yeah, in like the 1920s or 1930s is when <clears throat> newspapers decided not to report on wrestling because they realized that it was fake and that the uh, the results were fixed. So w wrestling, professional wrestling originally started as just like a sideshow attraction at carnivals. So it's it's its roots are in, you know, in Carney Town. Like that's a if you do if you look it up at all, you'll find roots of of carnival in in professional wrestling to the very last note, you know, and at a certain point, people who were booking these wrestling matches at the carnivals were realizing they could make more money if they could get the audience behind somebody. So if they script out the story a little bit more, it's more exciting. It was for the purpose of entertainment, but they weren't telling anybody that it was fake for the same reason that nobody talks about that it's fake now. It's just if you're so focused on something being fake, you can't enjoy it. Well, and what are you supposed to do? You're, exactly. You're supposed to go, um, like, watch movies and have the movie start saying, this isn't real. <laughs> like, how much do you focus on? Exactly. It's a suspension of disbelief that's so necessary to enjoy any type of fictional entertainment. That's what I tell the cops. I'm not really smoking, officer. <laughs> I was going to say that the reason the wrestlers started coming up with fixed results and choreography for the endurance sakes for, for not hurting themselves as much either i would say that the that that does play into a factor of the switching from from real to fake but i think that's probably that was probably secondary so i think what happened and i don't i this is just this is a, a real speculation expert. i love it i love it i, I would it. take a guess that <laughs> They changed over to decide who wins and loses first, and then people were getting hurt, and the wrestlers probably came to the bookers and said, why don't we choreograph it? So it wasn't choreographed at first. It was just they knew who was going to win. you know. And then so I, boxing. Yeah, exactly. It's like mm -hmm. boxing today. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, and what we're talking about is so, so long ago exactly. was that what anybody's even enjoyed in the past... 40, 50 years, Great modern depression. television is is not what any of that was. That It's been entertainment for quite some time now. Yeah, so the term uh, so the term that's used in wrestling is, is kayfabe, which was originally a term used by people in the professional wrestling industry, you know, in those, like, the 30s, 40s era, to let other wrestlers know is like a code word to let other wrestlers know that there were fans around so to get into character and so if there was a bad guy hanging out with a good guy and they're like really good friends uh, you know so a bad guy is a heel a good guy is a face um so if there's a face and a heel hanging out the second that they hear the word kayfabe they switch back into and they are not seen together you know they loathe each other you know and it's like joe and i when you see us together <laughs> exactly. like you're like fuck like this doesn't make any sense like before we hit record <laughs> it was i mean it, it was k it was total kayfabe yeah exactly <laughs> this podcast is actually a kayfabe <laughs> this is yeah this podcast is kayfabe <laughs> you're experiencing it now and from what i understand that they've kind of let go of that a lot obviously with the reality shows mm -hmm. and and just in their general public life. Yeah, so that was after the 90s. There was, there was a, a, t a thing called the Curtain Call, like a, an event called the Curtain Call, which is, was at a non-televised event. The uh, four wrestlers, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels were all like best friends behind, uh, behind the scenes. But uh, Shawn Michaels was a good guy. Scott Hall was a good guy. Kevin Nash was a bad guy. Triple H was a bad guy. And Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were leaving WWF at the time to go to WCW. It was like their last match. So then what happened was the bad guys came out to the ring 
and like we're all hugging the good guys after it's like oh this was so fun i'm so sad you guys are going but mm. then like people in the cr the audience who weren't aware that this was fake was like what the fuck is happening like is this this new storyline exactly like that's a bad guy D you know what's happening and because of like this was it just was so you know circum it's all about circumstance because this was right when like handheld video cameras were a thing so people were filming this and you know so that footage would get spread around and then more and more happened and there was a huge punishment to all these people and all this crazy stuff happened and that's what kind of like broke kayfabe and that's when people's you know rest uh, wwe specifically started acknowledging that it's it's scripted and, and now to, or go ahead no it's just uh to connect this back to dogs mm -hmm. how many dogs do you think in america are called kayfabe that's their name <laughs> I'd say we, we won't. Say, we won't know the answer, but we're gonna try to make our assumption. I'd say at least five. Really? I'm gonna say if it's a wrestling fan, there's so many more people are gonna name their dog K Fabe. Or like two dogs, two little dogs. One is K and K, Fabe. One is Fabe. Yeah. That's great. Well, you you call out for your dog, and then a bunch of buff guys just start beating each other up <laughs> exactly. out of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. It's like sleeper agents. <laughs> it's the Manchurian Candidate. Yeah. <laughs> passcode um uh, and 17. so this what do you uh before we get into ratings what do you think about the current state of wrestling mm -hmm. then so yeah that's what i was i think that's what i was uh i was gonna get to with the uh when you asked how i feel like am i glued to the screen i don't think i ever mm -hmm. really answered that question for you guys uh when wrestling is good i can't take my eyes off the screen like there, there are matches uh, that I, I, I'll go back and watch. A, a great match is from WrestleMania 2. It was Macho Man Randy Savage versus, uh, versus, oh, shoot. What it? Another dude. Yokozuna? No, no. It's uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. There it is. I kept seeing Dragon, and I was thinking Ultimo Dragon. It was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um, it's one of the greatest physical matches I've ever seen. There's WrestleMania 8, Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper. That's like what people point to as the greatest in-ring, non-verbal, physical storytelling. Um, How many WrestleManias have been out? 37 just okay. passed in April. Mm -hmm. But like, so... Day, uh, like weekly television shows, I'm not glued to the screen. It's usually just on while I'm doing something else. Um, and then I'll, you know, I, I listen to wrestling podcasts. I watch YouTube videos that break things down. I, I'm a huge fan and every uh, type of wrestling media I consume. So I'll see if somebody's like, wow, this match is the best match ever. I'm going to see it. I'll, I'll go back and watch it and really pay attention. Um, and then when it comes to pay-per-views, that's when I really pay attention, which is, you know, WWE does monthly pay-per-views. Um, and that's when all the storylines come to an end. That's when you have your best matches. That's when they're going to do the big money stuff. On average, how many hours a week do you, Shane, spend on wrestling-related things? Including even what's playing in the background, then you are paying attention. That could be like asking me how much time do I spend in dog-related activities per week. The I'd say many. in all all media and on average, you know, let's say when wrestling is Podcast, pretty is pretty TV. good. Yeah, I'd say about twenty hours. That's heavy. That's both. Yeah. That's both Committed. attentive and passive. Mm -hmm. consumption you know and cause sem like, semi semi mm -hmm. yeah because like I'll, I'll watch like or like at work i'll be working and and i'll put in my headphones and put on a wrestling podcast and that can go like each episode is an hour long and i can listen to three episodes a day and then i'll have i'll come home and while i'm cooking i put on like a top 10 list of you know greatest wrestling champions or something like that or wrestling news stuff like that so yeah i'd say i'd say probably a, around 20 hours that's, incredible that's a commitment that's that's love right there that's a fan 
Yeah. Saying it out loud is kind of hard um, <laughs> to come to terms with. It always with. is. We, it's, it's therapy. This, this, besides being kayfabe, this podcast is also a therapy. Now yeah, I see why you guys... Shout out to the therapy episode. <laughs> yeah, I see why you guys <laughs> charge me it. so much to be a guest, you know? That's true. Yeah. Only 45 minutes. We went over. We're going to charge you in the next session. Mm-hmm. But before then, should we do the ratings? Let's do the ratings. So this is how the rating system work, work, works. We're going to rate professional wrestling from 0 to 10 using something else as a scale. So you could say, uh, I want to do amateur wrestling as a 10, professional wrestling as an X, Y, Z. A three-digit number of three different digits. None repeating. Uh, so I will begin. I am going to... Uh, rate this against martial arts movies. Things like The Raid, uh, Ong Bak, like Jackie Chan movies. Real visceral. People are actually doing these stunts. They're getting hurt. They're getting kicked. Uh, I love those. Watch those all day. Not 20 hours a week. Um, but 19. I'll work on it. <laughs> 19 and a quarter. You know. But uh, I'm going to give those a 10. Professional wrestling, I'm going to give a 6. Mm-hmm. So right. I, Not the, I the, can't the, say. The child Joe hates you right now. The child Joe really does hate me. He didn't get laid <laughs> enough is what he's telling me. But, uh, yeah, it's not that I think it's bad. I think it does suffer from you know season seasonality Mm -hmm. is it good in this moment in time are you connecting with those characters and um it's a big investment there's a reason why i don't watch ufc as much anymore it was just too much to uh to follow that i just kind of weaned off and then you lose interest um so yeah i i will continue to defend professional wrestling to the people who uh hate it or misrepresent it at Joe. At Joe. Yeah. Please at Joe Cabello. If you don't like wrestling, <laughs> I'm the guy to tweet. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's still not something that I would... I'd probably just watch the older ones out of nostalgia and really enjoy them, but probably not get into too much of the new stuff. What about you, Sasha? I think it's only fair to compare professional wrestling for me, but I'm, I'm just should, I should say that I'm not going to take professional wrestling as a whole thing what makes sense to me is to take it as hours spent watching um for somebody uh watching professional wrestling on tv and again i'm thinking like back to my asshole ex-boyfriend y'all mm-hmm. but like you know spending hours watching what i consider low culture which i'm not saying low culture has no place in a person's life but there's high culture and low culture and i would say wrestling kind of fits like the low culture like mcdonald's of television but oh. i would Okay, but yeah, I'm bringing all the guns. But I would want to compare it to be fair, though, because I could also say, oh, it's like very masculine. It's a lot of um, testosterone on, uh, in it still. But actually, I want to be fair in this in this part of um, my rating and compare it to something like watching reality shows. Um, I don't know, Desperate Housewives of some sort. So something maybe generally maybe women would watch more. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I would consider low culture and definitely garbage for somebody's brain. <laughs> so, again, I, I'm comparing against each other. And so, Desperate Housewives type shows, watching them on a regular basis, just like, or like, I'm going to even put Bachelor there. Put fucking Bachelor in there, too. Like, all these people watching Bachelor, shout the fuck, like, like seriously. Put it, like, sitting, putting it in your <laughs> brain and talking about it, like, thank you for destroying your own brain cells. So if you're sitting there and watching Bachelor all day instead of like reading books, whatever, I'm not saying it's easy to read books. It's fucking hard to read them, but you got to try. If you're watching Desperate Housewives, I'm going to give you a one. So you're rating the person, right? No, I'm rating this, um, this like very like not real, not a real person, but like the, the, the desire, right? The desire and like the hours spent watching Desperate Housewives, I would say that is a one on the 10 scale activity that somebody would do maybe two if i'm really generous and um i'd say watching professional wrestling is a five um yeah it's like neutral because there's something about it that i respect 
which of course besides the fact that it's people actually good at very good at something doing something very well but i also like like the vitality of it like i think the energy and the vitality of it it's almost like listening to really like intense um like a rap song or something yes. it's like it has like a good like confidence almost you know um energy that like can transfer to the viewer as well so I it's like i imagine mm -hmm. you can watch fucking wrestling and then go into the audition or some other like a job interview and be like, i'm gonna fucking kill it yeah, so i love sure. it for that you know like for that what it gives to to like it's a tool i feel like it could be a tool to somebody and so i give it a five but you know i can't give it more than that but like five is a nooch it's not bad nooch five sounds fine. a lot better when you when you start with a one then a six does from a ten no for sure i yeah. um i was yeah i was laying out the land here very mm -hmm. clearly and by the way if y'all love bachelor or desperate housewives of any sort add me add shut up i love it one and i am watching the newest bachelorette season so am i <laughs> watch tv show alone is the best show on television shane most importantly <laughs> What's a, what, a, what about you? Where does wrestling fall for you in comparison to, some, comparison to something else? Uh, hmm, that's a tough one. It's never easy. This no, it's, it's not. It hurts. I will say, I just want to point out, because I thought this was so interesting, when you compared yeah. wrestling to rap music, I think mm -hmm. that is such a good, interesting comparison that other people may not understand. But when you said that, I was like, that's exactly what it is. Because yeah, I'm not gonna like listen to rap music, but I'm like if I can see, like the very specific, very like angry rap music can be like fucking yeah, that's right. I'm gonna fucking do what I have to do today. But then you have so that's what I'm saying is like the common perspective, the common uh, perception of rap music is anger, violence. But then you listen to like let's say Kendrick Lamar, and you hear he's talking about struggle and pain and and heartbreak and sadness and love and triumph and there's all these different emotions hidden behind under the perception of this violent loud you know extravagant uh form of of music so i think that that is an extremely accurate uh comparison Thank so you. It, not all the songs though um not all the rap songs do do that do do <laughs> calling it back I was listening just to be like, am I crazy? Like, how did this song was ever written? Move, bitch, get out of the way. Ludicrous. Well, there was somebody listening. in his way, clearly. For real, for real, there was some lady in his way. And it was, but it was also fuck you to all women. Like you could tell from like the lyrics. So I not all rap songs. I think that whole era of rap was, <laughs> of was pop rap. Was which is called the bling era. I'm a big fan of eras <laughs> and their names. Sean, um, Shane, please tell us what's the deal what are you going to compare it to so i'm going to actually compare it to hip-hop music to rap no, music you loved it yes mm. i loved that comparison and i love mm. rap music i rap music is my my uh my Second top look. genre it's, it's yeah i'd say uh and i i'd consider myself somewhat of a rapper myself and uh wow white rapper yeah well Yes, it's a. It's uh, not so no. new. We <laughs> often have uh, Freestyle Fridays, me and a buddy. So do you actually? Yeah, I used to post Freestyle Fridays on my Instagram every Friday. So uh, we, we just do it watching privately. Wrestling, that's what you've been doing. Fun. Instead of Slam watching man? wrestling. Yeah. Well, Friday nights. Yeah, yeah. This was this was kind of a yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, I I put rap music. I put it at a at a at a nine. Mm -hmm. I'd say as like, it's not bringing me the most joy ever. Pretty high. Nice. But it's bringing me a, a whole lot of entertainment joy. Mm -hmm. It's making me feel a, a, you know, a wide spectrum of emotions and feelings. And I'm going to put wrestling at exactly a nine. Completely wow. tied. Twinsies. With wow, so Twinsies. John Cena. You've just described John Cena. Exactly. I give it a we John Cena it. out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> we cracked it. We figured this out on this podcast. This is why you should listen to Shut Up, I Love It. Where, like, There's many wrestling podcasts where you can go and get into specifics, what happened last Monday, what's going to happen next WrestleMania. This is where we crack culture. Exactly. And we this figure is for everything the layman's. Out. This is and wrestling lay, lay philosophy women's. and theory. Yes. Lay people, this yeah. is for you. Come and 
take it. Take it while it's hot. That's my best. That's my best. <laughs> <laughs> my best uh, performance of the night. Shane, what's going on with you? What's your social presence? Anything you'd like to plug? Uh, my social presence is uh, pretty widespread. You can find me at shanedude.com on pretty much everything. Uh, wow. LinkedIn. With the dot spelled out. Uh-huh. Clever. We'll, we'll put it in the description of the episode because yeah. I love it. Um, I Shut up, I love it. To, to bring wrapping up, I'm currently working on a hip-hop uh, album about Clean. birds. So keep your eyes out for You that. love birds? It's a, it's a love-hate relationship with birds. Oh, so some violent rap but poetic and like full of pain bitch get exactly. out of the way also love yeah. hate i'd say yeah <laughs> move, move goose move your caboose that's good i'm gonna get you to sign a contract at the end if i could use that that'd be great <laughs> uh 50k minimum which means 50 kibbles because oh. yeah so if you have kibbles <laughs> joe what are your plugs for today Check it out, everybody. Go to JoeCabello.com. You can get issues one through three of my horror comic, Bottoms Up. And the uh, paperback's coming out soon. So if you want to wait for that, I get it. And, uh, yeah, there's some other exciting stuff coming out soon. But uh, get Bottoms Up. Just hold your horses, everybody. Yeah. Exciting stuff is always coming at you. A couple of uh, television courses out there on ScriptAnatomy.com. If you want to see me and deal with me in person and we'll Ooh. write scripts together. <laughs> I'll help. I'll, I'll guide you through a process. Um, scriptanatomy.com. Thank you, Shane, for coming up, uh, coming on this podcast. Really nice having you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for listening to me talk about Love wrestling it. for a very long time. Uh, my girlfriend she was getting very <laughs> tired of it, so it's nice to have fresh <laughs> ears. We are always here to provide fresh ears and other orifices for our guests. <laughs> Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this amazing track. And thank you for listening.